no. Okay, hi, recording. Are we? Third time's a charm. Yay! <laughs> Technical difficulties leading into our 16th episode of Tower After Hours. 16! <laughs> what? <laughs> we haven't said this three times. What an original time. joke! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're, we're just going to jump in because this is our third attempt. So... Um, hi, this is Kelly, and uh, Ashley is here, Hello. and so is um, Kimber, hi. and we have Tim Dalby, who is new to podcasting, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to be joining Welcome us for Tim. his first podcast today, and Mike Shaw is here as well. Hello. Okay, wonderful. Sorry to fast track all that introduction. Um, okay, so I'm going to go first with my topic. Um, and I invited Ashley to join us specifically to talk about this topic. Um, Ashley and I are part of a tower subcommittee, Woo! squad goals, <laughs> and we're tasked with creating client education kits mm-hmm. that will help clients, um, whether they're working on a website uh, redesign and development or an internet marketing strategy, know... Um, what the process is, what is expected of them, what is expected of us, so we can all work better together. So yesterday I see this article that I sent to Ashley and said we should include this in the client education kit. And I wanted to bring it up today because with Ashley being our web designer and Tim Dalby being one of our web developers, I feel like they are put in this position quite often. The article was all about how clients should give feedback. Especially to designers. <laughs> tell, us, tell us how you feel about that. So. Take us away with this, Tim. How, how advice for clients to give feedback to designers and to developers. I deal with it a little bit in content. You guys may not deal with it all that much in SEO because I don't think clients are giving their personal feedback on what you're providing them. Yeah, not, not as much from an aesthetic no. point of view. Yeah. Okay, so Ashley and Tim. Quick show of hands. There's a whole two of you. <laughs> How many times have you gotten feedback from a client and they've started it with, I don't like it? Ashley's raising her hand and Tim and is nodding along. Kind of like, yeah. I don't really get those as much. No? As far as this is broken Part or of this it. doesn't work. <laughs> or I don't like the way yeah. this yes. works. By the time it gets to you, it they, they've already approved the design, so therefore they should be liking it by the time yeah. they, he, it gets to him. But Keyword, it, should be. Should be. <laughs> but don't you think oftentimes, too, that the clients have a, like an idea of how it's going to actually function and move throughout yes. the site, and then they see it, like maybe the Live. test site that Tim right. has built for them, and then they're like, oh, that's not really what I thought <laughs> right. it was going to do. Yes. So this article, and and I thought what would be good to kind of bring up on the podcast, this isn't a very, this isn't going to be a very long segment here, (laughs) Um, but what we, Ashley and I were talking about was that, so clients giving information, number one, your, your feedback should probably never start with I or we talking about you, the clients. It should always start with they, the Mm -hmm. audience. Mm -hmm. This Uh. is how the change that I want to make is going to make this work better for the intended audience. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because I think a lot of times it's just their personal opinion. Yes. Yeah. And granted that comes from someplace because they obviously know their company and their brand and everything like that. So we need their opinion to a degree. However, the greater picture is for their audience. So a lot of times it does have to 
whether it's we have to just make sure the way we're wording things that it it makes them think of it from a different point of view or just bring them back to remembering it is about their audience but that's a very major kind of point to I wonder sometimes if they say we because they don't really know what their audience like they can't separate themselves from their audience they're not they're not thinking about their audience when they're looking at the site which is kind of funny because sometimes the marketing team that we're working with is kind of so far removed from who the audience Mm -hmm. is that they really should be like they're not that they they're not representative of their Mm -hmm. audience so their personal you know they could hate something but their audience could think it's pretty awesome. I mean, I think Kimber and I, with um, one of our later clients that we've had, um, we're kind of going through that too. And I think Mm -hmm. they have a good understanding, they think they have a good understanding as to like what their audience needs and ever. However, we conducted some surveys and research and everything to back up our opinions. Like it wasn't done for that intention. However, what our findings were and um, trying to put ourselves in the shoes of their audience our findings kind of backed that up. Um, and actually myself, I was new to, new to this client. So they've been working with us for a while now, and they're familiar with two of our tower people. Mm-hmm. So therefore, me coming in kind of as an outsider, as a third party in a sense, even though I'm still part of the team, but it's just I felt like she was more willing to kind of take what I said Rather than, even if it's the same thing that the team's already said, but just because I'm a new person and a different perspective, I felt like she was kind of more willing to listen to that. I think one of the difficulties that people have is showing them that is what the the clients want, or that is what the uh, customers want, or that is what they're looking for. We, as they say, we usually have data to show that most people come up to say, I want to rank for... X, Y, and Z, and then we show them a list of keywords, the competition, and, and then we can say, and that's probably not a good idea, this is a better keyword to focus your content around. You guys don't have necessarily that data, I would say, to to help give the client those cues to say, stop, think about this. I think they have their expertise. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> that's what, I don't doubt that. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, of course, of course, of course. Because I think, too, with Ashley and Tim, I think that's probably two areas where the client knows, like, they can't do that themselves. Mm. So they kind of, you know, I think sometimes with, like, content or SEO, they're like, oh, well, I know about that. Whereas I think with coding and web design, they're like, okay, (laughs) we believe you. You You hope. You hope that they do. But sometimes it gets, like, derailed and they try to put too much content mm. in front and they'll stuff mm. links and images mm. and yep. try to and then it just messes up the whole design i feel yeah. like that happens a lot preach preach yeah. <laughs> i think there has to be a happy balance between the two oh uh, switzerland over there <laughs> ashley what did you think of the point in the article where um it cautions clients against opening up photoshop and <laughs> redesigning the or what do you you and Lauren like to call it Frankensteining? Yeah, I think that's actually a term that Mattis coins. Okay. I've I don't know, I've only ever heard of it here, but it makes sense. Kind of taking two of three of our comps, whatever, and combining it into one, taking your favorites out of each and mm-hmm. just stitching them all together in a sense. But I've had clients before 
where they have taken it directly into Photoshop, or they've taken scissors and glue to it, or there's things that, no, I'm dead serious. (laughs) Um, Sometimes that can be productive, sometimes it can, however, I kind of heed caution to that too, because they get something stuck in their, they tend to get, like our clients tend to get something stuck in their mind, where it's just like, well, I like this, that, and the other thing, not understanding why we did it the way we did on three different comps. Sometimes it is just to provide options, and yes, okay, just pick which of that section is your favorite one. However, if they're mixing and matching headers and footers or things like that, it's the balance of where the text is or the colors and Mm -hmm. various things like that. So once they come back with their own version of the Frankenstein, I try to... um, pick it apart a little bit and bring it back to what it was, but keeping the what they put together, whether it be the order of things or the intention of where something was supposed to go or it just lightens it up or various things. So there's like there's things I look at, however, I mean, there's more that goes into it than just slapping things here and there and no. calling it a comp. It's kind of like a menu when you go to a restaurant. And there's certain entrees, but then they pick and choose. Right. I like the peas over here, but I like the fish. But maybe that doesn't pair well. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That was such a great analogy. (laughs) I love that. Okay, so our takeaways for clients are think about the audience. Just listen to us, damn it. (laughs) Leave leave the Frankensteining designers. All right. Fantastic. All right, so we have two SEO topics. Mm -hmm. Who wants to jump in and go next? Oh, Rock Paper Scissors you. Uh, mine actually isn't ACO. It's oh. PPC. Oh. Okay, well then definitely Kimber can go next. Oh. <laughs> no, let's do yours. I don't want to end with that. Okay. <laughs> well, we have time to uh, I think... Uh, well, he's only got half a page of notes, so this can't... <laughs> and rather large writing. Okay. <laughs> well, so, he always finds a way. So, I was looking at... I don't like doing PPC. I find it monotonous and it's very data driven but I think one of the what businesses who are doing their own PPC small businesses are doing that one of the things that they should really focus on is taking a creative approach to their ads that they're making uh, I think so many people focus on uh, work on keywords and making sure that's at the beginning it's mentioned in the description and all that stuff that they forget to make ads that are appealing to people one of the ways you can do that is by creating a sense of urgency to drive uh, people that are viewing your ads to hopefully click and buy and purchase. One of the ways of doing that is by a uh, thing called FOMO, fear of missing out. <laughs> that is an F for fear of missing out, FOMO. Um, and that is, I mean, this deal isn't going to last, uh, this deal is only available for three days or, you know... Um, only available till Valentine's and those sort of things help generate some sort of uh, urgency to click on the ads. The other Sean, one, do you use FOMO in your PPC? I, I do. With an F? Uh, with an F, I do. <laughs> fear? <laughs> the fear? Yes, correct. Um, what, uh, AdWords, Google AdWords actually has a function where you can have a, a countdown. So as a day or weeks get closer, it automatically says three days remaining, one day remaining, or oh, 12 hours remaining. Awesome. And it's called the AdWords Countdown Customizers. 
and it's something that you can plug into AdWords. It's a relatively new feature and definitely useful if you are, have got time-sensitive products or services. The second thing which I think people need to remember is that they're talking to people. And we've talked about that already with the design point and saying we are talking to your customers. And when you write this content, so much of ad copy that we see now is sales, sales, sales. We need to keep in mind their intention, what they're needing, what they're looking for. Um, focusing on the benefits rather than the product descriptions or the features. That is something I think not enough of us do. We, we soak, we're saying this has got this ability, this has got this function, this has these dimensions that we talk about what is the point of this product or service? How is it going to benefit or add value to my life or my work routine? The other side that we want to focus on is the emotional side of this. Every decision that we make has some sort of emotional attachment to it. Um, I think emotional, I mean, what are the triggers that you, you have when you buy something on Amazon or anything online? What is prompting you to do it? There's a need. And what's associated with that need? There's something, you know, maybe someone's upset with you because you forgot Valentine's. And so there's this urgency to <laughs> amend that relationship. And so you quickly buy a dozen roses. You know, there might be some emotional attachment to that. I think the last thing, and it's to it's a base, it's to go off of emotion, is to create emotion from your ads. I think that is something that we, as if you're doing PPC, it's you know it's, it costs a lot of money, so do it right. And you want to get clicks, but you want the right clicks. And I think one of the ways you can do that is by getting people to respond via emotion. What is the emotion you want people to have attached to your product or services? Write it in that way. Create the copy in that way so that the people, when they, when they are searching, they see it, and it, you know, either creates. It, it can be even controversy. It can create fear, annoyance, frustration, or it can create, you know, humor, laughter. Those are the sort of ads that stick out. Those are the sort of ads that people tend to click on because they're different. And that's my advice for you if you're doing PPC. Sounds like a segue into Free Advice Friday. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Building emotion in PPC, check back on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) No questions, moving on. (laughs) Well, that was good. Thank you for sharing that. And I don't even have to summarize that one because you you did it all on your own. All right, Kimber. Good work. Uh, Okay. Hello. Shit's getting real. Not really. So, I was feeling relatively kind of uninspired the past week to find a topic. I was struggling. So instead, um, moms came out with their 10 predictions for local SEO. Did you heart them and check I them? I did not heart them and check them this time. <laughs> okay. Because what I wanted to do, knowing that Mike Shaw was going to be in the room with me, and because we know he likes to elaborate, I'm going to challenge you to only give a true or false yes, I agree, no, I don't agree with the following predictions. You cannot expand. Oh, okay. So yes, Is he telling us whether he thinks he agrees with the prediction? Oh, so it's not like you're making up some of these and he has no. to know which ones are made well, up. Well, I did make up a couple. So. Oh, interesting. Oh, here we go. Can we play? Can Even though we don't know what's going on. Everybody can else can play if they would like to. Okay. Number one is from Rand Fishkin himself. 
founder and wizard of Moz. Who? <laughs> that wasn't an agreement. Sorry, it wasn't Barry Schwartz, so I don't know if okay. you know anybody else in the SEO community. <laughs> Hey, oh, SEO nerds, let's keep this going. Sorry. <laughs> there will be a major shakeup in the local SEO ranking factors. Yes, I would agree with that. Okay. That's it. That's all you can say. That's all you can say. <laughs> oh. That's okay. Um, okay. Feature diversification will continue to mature. That's not even a real sentence. Yeah. False. Okay. I'll expand. I'll expand. This is from Dr. Peter J. Myers, who's a marketing scientist at Moz. What kind of titles Who are, are these? these people? Seriously. I predict that local SEO will finally see the kind of full-on feature diversification, organic and paid, that has been going on with organic for a few years now. We've already seen many changes to local packs in the introduction of knowledge panels and sponsored hotel panels and destination carousels. Yeah. Trip planning guides. So, feature diversification. Yeah, I'm not allowed to expand. Yes or no? True or false? Yes. True or false? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Is there one in particular you think is going to take off? N- no, because of industry. I, I, it, like they mentioned hotels, if you're in, a, in, a, in travel or, or, or hospitality, it's going to be different. Yeah. Insurance, it's going to be different. Okay. Nice. This is fun. This is like a fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly's like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, voice search will influence features in Google and Amazon. Uh, with Amazon Echo and the whatever that little Google <gasps> speaker thing. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have <laughs> a contender. We have a contender. We have Tim D shaking his head now. Tim D, expand. I don't think enough people use it because it's like because the they don't get what they want from voice I mean you're still yeah. you're getting I don't understand what you're saying I ended up ordering a big red button off my Alexa that was 50 bucks and sponges and dish soap what although I was pretty drunk but <laughs> <laughs> I canceled it immediately <laughs> but I think it's like the whole thing of the Bluetooth headset big red button everybody the button thought say? that everybody was going to use it but Perfect. nobody used it because you look like an idiot talking to yourself. Yeah. But here's a question. Uh, here's a question. Most things, you start off looking like an idiot, and then it becomes so ingrained in the culture that you no longer look like an idiot. I still think... Or did you... Were you... I, I, I missed what you said. Were you talking about people themselves. using blue... I think those people still look like idiots. They do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... That's true. I do... I, 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 I disagree with Dolby on the level that I think people give... Like, with to Alexa... Mm-hmm. Or to the echo, they are shouting out short things. Need to buy lettuce. Order. Alexa, order lettuce. They're able to short that. Saying lettuce. And I, lettuce. Like Alexa the vegetable on. people. I, the I, vegetable. Thought you, I thought you were saying lettuce. Oh, no, lettuce. <laughs> Did yes. you, I saw an article online about like families that have like daughters named Alexa. And they have to call them human Alexa. They have Alexa. to be like yeah. human Alexa. Call <laughs> <in> the kitchen. <laughs> So that's where it might get local. If you're ordering big red buttons, <laughs> I don't even please know don't do that. What does the button say? Uh, it was like a big button that you could connect the stuff to turn it on and off. It was like for a, disabled people. Like I think. a clapper almost, but you just hit the button. <laughs> it was a big. It looked like a big red easy button. I wish you had oh. canceled that. I have a question off of that, and not trying to make this continue, but 
Does anyone else? What? <laughs> Not cool. trying to make this continue any longer than that. But, so one thing that I personally don't like, just because of like conversation and a normal conversation, if I'm just like, hey, Shaw, can you write a reminder for this? And he's like, yeah, sure. I say, okay, thanks. Sometimes he says, sure, no problem. Like, I really wish that my Siri did that on my phone. That she like, rec- understood what you were saying? That it was just that I could thank them. I think that they do. Can I get the... Hold on, can I try? Not- can we try? Can we ask it a question? Hey, Siri. Uh, schedule a reminder tonight at 7 to cook dinner. Okay, I'll remind you. Yeah. But I can't, like... Thank you, Siri. Hey, no problem. But I have to... Thanks, Siri. It is I who should be thanking you. Oh! (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I have to put... Okay, sorry I have to click one more time. But it's just, that's not the conversation. And if I'm Mm. busy doing something else, the whole point of... I understand. You want to make sure that they... That the Siri understood you said, yes, I got it. Or... To almost conf- it's like a confirmation. Well, yeah, even though they Alexa said, like, yeah, that. I got it. Are we oh, going to yeah. ignore the yeah. fact that Ashley has sexy man Siri? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I had British right. Siri on mine, too, and my nickname is My Love. So he goes, anything, my love. Oh. Ooh, ooh. Ashley. Ashley. Ross is gone a lot. <laughs> No. All right, what's your next, what's your, oh, next, next prediction? Okay. Are we, um, okay. <laughs> next one. Google will provide, Google will begin to provide incredibly specific details about local businesses. Such as, like, um, popular times or a live feature. They already do that, don't they? Yeah, they do do that. Hold on. They do the yeah, hours they do. They do yeah, they because I get asked when I leave a place if I want to see I think this person is saying that Google will start acquiring more intimate details about local businesses, like locations, noise level, or coziness, or bedside manner, etc. Uh, it depends on businesses submitting that information, too. So this says say that it will be intimate details that they obtain from customers via different incentives for unbiased feedback. Yeah, they are... I mean, I don't know about the coziness and quietness, but I think it's gonna get. Well, I think it's gonna get. I mean, yeah. reviews themselves are like the number one local ranking yeah. factor. I think it's gonna get bigger. As long as it doesn't get skewed, I mean, I think if as long as the search engines can. There's actually, I think I've forgotten what it's called, but it's. I think it's a fake review scanner. You can plug in the URL of an Amazon product, for instance, and then plug that URL into this fake review site and it says we're going to give this a B minus for the reviews we mm. look through all the reviews and we think that it's a B minus so you know 70% correct or whatever gotcha so it's worth yeah. following if we have something like that that, that, that it follows from it could be really useful alright next one Dimini- uh, free packs will be diminished so Google paid packs will have replaced many free packs by 2017's end promoting local business owners to pay to play I think that's something on their... The, I was looking at my, the Google My Business and they've got those advertising features mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. Google, Google makes their money through paid, so they still not... Know, that you're still, operating your I'm sorry, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And Tindalby, were you also shaking your head yes? I don't know about... What are you saying? Like pay to be on the search results? You, get, you get those four As a, ads yeah. at the top. Are those going to be replaced by a local ad? Or? Yeah. Are they going to get... Local lo- paid local advertising. Paid I guarantee you it will. Oh, yeah. I know about that. Really? Google's more about, like, the accuracy, at least in the search results, of what you want. Right. And the best place for you. So if somebody that's not the but best... But ads are how they make their money. Right. 
but I think they make enough money on just ads as opposed to like you talking about Maybe. those tiles or those carousels. Well, they, you get given a, a ad, uh, you get given an ad score which is tied to the landing page, which is mm-hmm. tied to your ad copy. Mm. So based on that, if if there's enough information there to say this is a local result, it's it's a near me, like qualifier. I'm think as the search engines get more specific, they will pull in those more. Uh, Location-related ads, mm-hmm. I think. All right. If you're targeting it, if you're I, not targeting it, it's a problem. I've been told I can only do two more. Okay. Uh, and the, you can The podcast expand. studio needs to turn back into a conference room in 10 minutes. <laughs> and, the, and you can't expand. <laughs> I've right, got two more. Right. Near me, searches will increase. Yes. That was mine. Good job. That's awesome. <laughs> and then Amazon's local impact will increase. Or results in Google will increase. So, like, for retail or products. I think yes. Wait, say that one. Yeah. Did you mean can Amazon will increase anymore? Will Am- sorry. Let me just read it. Read Political? that. One. Amazon's local impact will increase. Amazon's ingress into local commerce will almost certainly result in many local business models becoming aware of the giant coming to town, especially in metropolitan communities. Yeah. They have little stores <laughs> now, so they'll show up as local. I'm gonna say no. Ooh. Do you want to know why? Yes. Do we have time? We do have time. I think Google has moved, it's very particular with search engines, they focus so much on local search if, uh, and to protect small businesses and to make sure they had a, make sure those small businesses had a presence. By putting Amazon on the forefront of, of national, international search and then now at a local level, that's kind of go, it's going to go against what they uh, implied. So... I don't. Uh, it might be but a they change. Their they change every other day. So. That's that's true. They they do change. So we might see it for a little while, and then it disappears. But it's something I would rest my laurels on. I think it would. If like Amazon Fresh was here, and mm. I could order my groceries through there, I definitely would. I looked around yeah. for it, yeah. but it's not available around here. Yeah, I agree. But you think that would show up then getting very like Lancastery if you put in produce, then you would expect Amazon to come up like with. Lemon Street Market or Central Market. If yeah, if they offered delivery from there, and that mm-hmm. would influence my decision of mm-hmm. where I buy from, because mm-hmm. I don't want to go to grocery store. I hate going there. Yeah. So. Damn straight. <laughs> All right. It's a waste of time. <laughs> do you, you want to do? One, is that good? Is there one more on there you were dying? No, to that's okay. fine. How did I do? You did. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give you like an eighty-seven percent. Eighty-seven. What did I do because, bad on? Because you, you didn't plus. answer yes or no answers. Oh, right. okay. I'll take <laughs> Failed that. to follow directions. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most important part about taking that. a test. Okay, that's true. I would argue then. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, everybody. Thank for you for sitting in, for bringing your topics, and that will be it for Tower After Hours for today. Yay. Happy Valentine's Bye. Day. <laughs>